1: What is the best Western Conference matchup? How will the battle of the MVP candidates affect their playoff series? Who is the next great college player? The only question left is: say it with me, you win. Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and welcome to the Beball Breakdown Podcast. As always, on Mondays, although today is Tuesday, we are, I'm joined by Coach Dave, Dave Dufour. Dave, how's,
0: how's it, going? it going today? It's, it's going pretty well for me. How about you?
1: Uh, it's going okay. Just uh, dealing with all sorts of family stuff around the holidays, and uh, it's sluggish. It's sluggish, like a wet sponge is really how I feel.
0: <laughs> well, I'm in Seattle, and it's basically a wet sponge outside every no. day.
1: Yes, a wet sponge wrapped in a wet blanket, probably.
0: Yeah, it's, it's pretty brutal. It's still cold here. I, I just, I don't know how people live in this sort of weather.
1: Yeah, I don't either. I mean, as I'm in, you know, L.A. is beautiful and sunny and it's been really nice the last several weeks. So, well, we won't sympathize. Well, we will sympathize with our brothers uh, across the nation and across the world in, in, in unfriendlier climes. But we should probably break into some NBA talk.
0: Absolutely. Um, so I was thinking today we could do a
1: Western Conference playoff preview. That's a novel idea. Since the East is not quite set yet. That is true, insanity. And then also since, you know, we'll we'll be fighting through the thickets of every other podcast doing a Western Conference preview. So we'll have to make this one that much more exciting. That's right. And insightful. Exactly. Let's jump in there with number one versus number eight, which I believe we have locked in. Uh, The Blazers ended up living up to what we had promised, which was an easier schedule for them, led to an eighth spot and a rematch with the Golden State Warriors um how many games is going
0: Uh, I think it's going to be a sweep I can't see the Blazers even winning a game
1: yeah I hear you it's too bad that Nurkic went down because it would have been interesting to see him go up against uh JaVale and Zaza and you know cause some damage that would you know then allow the others to sort of get free and maybe you know get some easier shots but uh you don't think that uh, Lillard and McCollum are going to be able to go off for a game or two
0: I just think that the the Warriors have too much firepower. The defense is really, really good. And, yeah, I mean, how how has the season series gone so far between these two?
1: That's an interesting question. (laughs) (laughs) Where would one find that information if one needed that?
0: Might might have been smart to for us to have had this pulled up beforehand. All
1: right. Well, uh, I don't I I don't even know that stuff. I it, it, sometimes the stats get so complicated. But you know what? It'll be good because I'm sure our listeners want to know as well where they can find the head to head, 82 games. Where would you go for that? I don't even know. Pull it.
0: Uh, I'm trying to pull it up. <laughs>
1: okay. So once you find it, we'll do it. But we'll, we'll keep talking about it while you're doing that. So, um, you know, it, it, like yeah, in, in in a perfect world for the Blazers, you know, Dame goes off for like 35. McCollum has 30 Right. And they out they win 120 to 117 in a shootout. Uh, but yeah, I, I can't imagine that happening more than like once. Now, all the people who don't like Steph, Steph Curry could simply argue that, yeah, he won't be able to handle Dame the whole series. And you know certainly Clay Thompson can defend CJ McCollum. I mean that could be a matchup that wouldn't be completely you know overwhelming for the Blazers on, on when they're on offense. So um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Although I guess well, the argument is is that Clay ends up guarding Dame,
0: right? And so or or CJ, I don't I don't know. Um, so the Warriors swept the season series. Um, they won the first game by twenty three, then forty five, then eight. And then one by two at the end of January, um, so yeah, I, I just I you know I think they're going to sweep in the playoffs as well. Um, as far as the matchup goes, I, I just think with the, when the Warriors are clicking on defense, which you know it's it's hard to say that they're not right now, having won fourteen straight. I, I just think that they're nearly impossible to beat. They you know they they're on back to back. 65 plus win seasons actually this is now three in a row Um, It's sort of a it's it's a really crazy run that they're on the last few years, and it's really fueled by the defense I mean their offense is historic and fantastic, but but the defense is really what's so special about all
1: this Oh, I agree and like and I've been saying someone asked me that on Twitter like like what's the best defensive team? I've seen all year and I told him. I think I said it was the Warriors, and people kind of scoffed at that. But uh, I've seen enough of those, even if it's like in little little bits and pieces, where you see multiple rotations and closeouts, and you know, stopping the ball and the, the, the attack. It is as impressive as, as anything you see on offense, without question. And when you add Kevin Durant, who looked pretty damn good coming back uh, his first game, uh, did you see the first shot he got on his first game back? I did not. So, you know, it's a little bit of hezzy and then a blow-by and a reverse dunk. Like, you know, it was off one foot. Like, it was just like nothing. Like, he hadn't missed any time. So, um, you know, even if he wants to use the first round to get back into shape, um, that, you know, there's just no – they don't have an answer. Aminu is not the answer for KD.
0: Yeah, I don't know that there is an answer for KD when he's healthy and, you know, playing with, with a bunch of guys like – I mean, Steph and, Steph and Clay – off the ball when KD has the ball. I mean, that's just so dangerous. And, you know, KD for the last two years has been like the number one points per touch guy in the post. So coming back from the knee injury, I actually expect to see him posting up even more.
1: I've been hoping to see him do it. He hasn't done it a ton, but he's been very good at it while he has. And, um, you know, that hopefully that'll be a thing. Now, one of the reasons why he probably hasn't as much is that, you know, they're, they're, they have these big leads a lot of the games. And it's like they don't need a bucket. We're like, okay, get your ass down there, throw it down there for you, and we'll split and let you go. So um, maybe that'll happen in the playoffs. But I don't know. I just, I just had a vision, write it down now, uh, that um, I just had a vision of a very anticlimactic playoff series for them uh, all the way through to the finals and winning.
0: Yeah, I I can see this team going 4-4-4-4. I mean, really, they're just – they're really good, and they're they're hitting their stride just in the right time. Um, So anyway, so all right, that's probably enough about that series because I think both of us agree that this is going to be a sweep and and not even a fun one. Um, So moving on to the other part of that bracket, we'd have Clippers-Jazz. Now, we still – as of recording this, we still don't know who's going to have home field. I think the Clippers own the tiebreaker due to their three-one series lead or season uh, lead in head-to-head matchups.
1: I don't know. Where where do you see Jazz Clippers? It's a weird thing because both these teams have sort of you know uh, we've had we've had high hopes for both of them. I think certainly the way the Clippers started this year and the Jazz coming in with the the additions they had. Uh, There's something missing with the Jazz. And I don't know if it's simply like the experience factor of them having to like, they got as much experience as they could possibly get in the regular season trava- trials and travails of building a team together. And they're just, they just haven't forged that identity through a tough playoff series yet. And, um, and that might be what this year is, is going to be before they get to the next level. Um, but there's just, you know what I mean? There, it's hard to put a finger on it really of what it is. But they just don't seem to have a killer instinct. They don't seem to be able to sustain, um, you know, and or play or even play up to the opponent. And that's that's my probably my biggest concern is that uh, those big games they have when they have a chance to really do something and they end up like laying an egg. uh, It has me concerned for the Jazz.
0: Yeah, I I feel the same way. It, It seems like whenever they need a win, they they either struggle to get it. Or or don't get it, and so yeah, I'm I'm I feel the same way. I have no confidence in them whatsoever, and I assume the Clippers win this series in six.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess six games sounds right because these teams are pretty evenly matched and they do match up well. You know, the Gobert versus uh, DeAndre should be an interesting matchup to say the least because they're they're so active. And, and they have a very strange impacts in the game in, in a non-traditional way uh, on both sides. So that's interesting to me. Uh, and certainly, you know, who is going to be able to, to guard Blake on the Jazz? How do they think they're going to do that?
0: Well, I mean, I'm assuming they're going to be throwing a series of different guys, probably uh, Lyles and Diao, at least to start. Um, Favors is back, but I, I don't know how Favors looks. Um so favors will probably start on him, mm-hmm. um, and and then they'll, you know, just have a parade of other guys. I bet Joe Johnson gets a, gets a crack at it at some point. I mean, that's really to me that's he's their best four right now. Sure, uh, I wouldn't try playing him for thirty minutes a night against Blake Griffin, but in stretches, I think he could handle it
1: for sure. And of course, um, we have the matchup, which is also interesting between Hill and CP three. Uh, oh, and by the way, with Joe Johnson guarding Blake down low, like the, like, I don't think the Jazz would mind him posting up the way Blake posts up now with his footwork, which is usually pretty atrocious. Uh, that They would probably invite that to some degree. He had one the other night that was all-time, all-time. Like, you know, he jumps in the air with his back to the basket and then tries to twist and make it anyway, and he had one of those, but it was like I, I, I can't fathom how or where or how that developed because it just, it's just so weird and wrong. But uh, getting to the CP3 matchup with Hill, that's also very intriguing to me. But I also feel like Chris Paul will dominate that one.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, Chris Paul, you know, it, it's it's a tradition for him <laughs> to start stepping his game up toward the playoffs and in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of Chris Paul. Um, George Hill is is probably one of the better defensive point guards in the league. So uh, it, it's going to be fun no matter what. That's the, that's the one good thing about this series is that there's at least a couple of bright spots for me as far as guys to watch. So Chris Paul will be a, a pleasure. Um, and I'm with you that the Gobert-DeAndre Jordan matchup, especially on the glass, is going to be a, very interesting to watch.
1: Sure. You know, I, I just did a quick look at the uh, rankings over the last, like, 15 games uh, because you know, obviously, with the Clippers, overall they're fifth in offensive rating and thirteenth in defensive rating, which is a you know fifteenth or that's thirteenth is low for them. Uh, and anybody wants to compete for a title, for, for instance, uh, and over the last um, over the last fifteen games for the Clippers, they're they're ranked second offensively, which is interesting to me. And they're fifteenth in defense; they've gone down to you know exactly the average. Um, but they're playing well. Their net rating is second in the league. So, um, so there's something there. Now, if you want to hear the, the flip side here, uh, overall the Jazz are ranked 12th in offensive rating and 3rd defensively. So they slipped a little bit. They were higher. They were first, I think, for a while, right, defensively? They were. And so now over the last 15 games, are you sitting down? They are, uh, they're 10th in offensive rating and 14th in defensive rating over the last 15 games. Wow. Yeah. Now, I'm pretty sure Gobert's been playing all that time, right? I don't think was he out at all?
0: No. No, he he's been in.
1: So, you know, because I usually say, Oh, well, that's what it was, or someone's been injured. Like trying to think of who else has been injured for the Jazz in the last like fifteen games. That's a really that's a bad sign. Yeah, I, I, you want to be playing your best basketball right now.
0: Yeah. This is why why Pop is, is pretty upset with his guys and says he's not resting anyone for the rest of the season. Right. They're not executing well they're not they're not playing good defense you know so yeah you want to be, you want to be rolling into the playoffs.
1: right exactly. Um, and so we have two teams that are sort of not I mean it does feel like the Clippers are kind of you know status quo they're not going backwards but it does definitely feel like there's a, there's a slide going here defensively for the jazz and uh, yeah Chris Paul can, will just control the series. And that's the guy you want. Like you know, he's that guy. You're going to the NCAA tournament. You want, you want that that veteran guard who's going to do it. He's that guy. And uh, there's no question. I think that you know, even if they don't have home court advantage, they're, they're going to advance. How many games do you think they're going to need?
0: The the Clippers. Yeah, I think they could win this in six. the, the biggest the biggest key for me is uh, Gordon Hayward. You know, I keep hearing that Gordon Hayward is a superstar. Well, I need to see it. And you know, he'll be matched up with whoever's playing the three at any time for the Clippers right so it'll start out with Mbamute at first and so I want to see Gordon Hayward dominate his matchup you know um and if that happens I think that gives the the jazz a shot this could go seven it it all depends you know it's kind of a couple of weird teams who are in different stages of building to contention and I think that you know, it the the loser of this series should take a, a really close look at their at their personnel and, and consider shaking things up. Particularly yeah, I mean, Clippers.
1: Well the Clippers for sure, I mean and they also are at the crossroads with a lot of their players anyway, contractually, so that's gonna be a really big issue for sure. Um, and certainly with the jazz, I mean to me it's almost more like there's a, there's a natural evolution here. It's a little slow, but they are going through it over the last several years and uh, you know, perhaps a tweak here or there. You would have thought that DL and Joe Johnson, those are the guys that, oh, those are the perfect you know value guys that have experience that will do it. but um, you know it so far it hasn't worked out. Now again, we that, that could that could change. Joe Johnson could kind of, put on his hard hat again. Like we've seen a lot in the playoffs and do some serious work and, and kind of be that Paul Pierce kind of guy for that, that like saved uh, uh, my goodness. Was it the wizards? Is that, that's where was, he would was that one year. Yeah. He could pull that off and win a game for them. And, and then that could propel them. So we'll have to take a look at it, but yeah, I, I could say six or seven games, it should be entertaining to some degree. They're pretty well matched, but uh, yeah, it just feels like oh, in the end, the Clippers have enough pride and experience to overtake it.
0: Yeah. I, I'm, we're, we're, Pretty, uh, there's a pretty good consensus on that.
1: All right. Well, that means we should move on to the next, uh, the next bracket or the other side. There you go. So we have the Spurs versus the Grizzlies. Um, this is an intriguing matchup to say the least, wouldn't you say? Yeah.
0: The the Grizzlies are, they feel overqualified for, um, for being the seventh seed, but then you look at how they've played since the All Star break and it's, um, it's not great, Bob. So, uh, They, uh, they're they sort of backing into the playoffs. They look like they're tired, you know, like running on fumes a bit. And, uh, you know, the Spurs are, are the Spurs, you know, 60-plus wins. Kawhi Leonard, the rightful MVP. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that the Spurs probably win this in five just because I give the, the Grizzlies uh, a game at home. I think the Grizzlies – match up about as well as anyone with with the Spurs you know they can match their size a bit I I just don't think they've got an answer for Kawhi Leonard and that's going to be tough especially in the playoffs I mean he's a machine
1: he is a machine I'm anxious to see him do it consistently over the course of several series you know he's been doing and doing it and listen there's nobody was on his bandwagon earlier than me um, and so, you know, he's he certainly proved in under a lot of high pressure situations against really good teams that he's can perform, he can be the man in scoring. You know, and then uh, it's funny because Aldridge is sort of the, the, like the best forgotten player this year, I feel like. Like, no one's talked about him much or given him much kudos. And yet, here he is. He's he's had another, you know, another good, solid offensive year like he normally has. He's been playing a lot better defense. I turn that game game on. Whenever I turn the Spurs game on, there he is. He's making plays. He's blocking shots. He's getting deflections. He's getting rebounds. He's doing that more than he had, I think, in Portland. So, you have a, you know, that actually came up on Twitter. Who has the best, uh, you know, three, four tandem between, you know, LeBron and Love? Kawhi and Lamarcus Aldridge, um, you know, it's interesting.
0: I would probably go LeBron and Love, just because Aldridge Aldridge just requires he's a high usage player and doesn't doesn't shoot enough threes. If he if he would shoot more threes, I think he would he would increase his value.
1: Okay, that uh, that is true, and I don't think it's going to happen, right?
0: Well, he's shot more this year than than he has ever. I think, and. Uh, you know, he looks good when he shoots them. I mean, he, he hits a high rate. So um, I would love to, to see him just add that a little bit more to his game, sort of like Kevin Love, you know, like spot up a little bit more, give Kawhi a little bit more space to operate. But, but yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I think he has forgotten. I don't know if he's a great player, but he's a good player. Right. So, yeah, I, I agree with you.
1: I have some numbers for you that are very interesting about the Spurs. Are you ready? Uh, yes. So over the course of the season, the Spurs are ranked seventh in offensive rating. However, if we want to do our little crystal ball, the last fifteen games, you want to guess what they're ranked?
0: Fourteenth,
1: seventeenth. Ooh. Now their defense has been held held up at second, and the net rating is very good. But that's a slide for their offense, and we I I, kind of suspect that when we look at um, Kawhi's numbers, we're going to see a little bit of a drop off there as well because that's how he goes, they go. And that's been my my frustration with the Spurs for a long time now is there just seems to be a time when they have beautiful basketball and the ball moves, but there are other times when and then they can't get the timing right, they can't get good shots, and they go through stretches where they don't score well.
0: Yeah, and, and this is where Aldridge should shine, you know, when... when... When the Spurs struggled to get their movement going and to hit shots, they should be able to dump the ball to Aldridge in, uh, in the post, either high or mid or, or low. You know, the guy can operate just about anywhere mm-hmm. and get a bucket. Last year we saw this when, you know, when he had his 40-point game in the playoffs. I mean, he, he really was fantastic in that first series. So, um, yeah, I think that uh, that's where Aldridge should be maybe getting used a bit more. Yeah, although. When the offense is struggling. But when the offense is clicking, I'd love to see him step out behind the line.
1: Yeah, I hear you. I mean, the problem, though, is is that when he uses gets used more, then it, it, the whole thing slows down because of ISO stuff, right? So, but then again, in reaction to it already kind of struggling for the, for that couple stretches there, then maybe that is a solution. But it's almost like if you want to go to that, you risk, you know, stagnating the offense and then maybe it doesn't work as well. So uh, it's going to be an interesting uh, dilemma. And then Popovich's rotations like, you know, he's going to stick, I guess, with Parker. He's going to stick. At least he's got Powell coming off the bench, and that's working a lot better, in my opinion. It looks, it just looks better for them, and that, and that rotation's better. But um, the Tony Parker conundrum is uh, is going to be an albatross.
0: Well, Patty Mills is actually playing a lot, um, which is good, and I think Tony Parker has been okay the last the last few weeks. But I just don't see how in the playoff series you can you can trust him in a pick and roll. You know, I. I Mike Conley is going to abuse Tony Parker. There's just no easy way to say that. And that's going to be the most important matchup for the Spurs to try to win. It, they need to slow Mike Conley down. You know, he's averaging over 20 points a game. It's actually the first time in his career, which is insane. And, uh, you know, what, getting. If Powell and Parker are out there together, you're going to. You know, they're going to run Conley and Gasol and pick and roll. And I just. I just don't see it. I like. I, I just don't know how Parker can play more than fifteen minutes a game.
1: I hear you, and you know, and he'll probably get like twenty-two minutes a game or something like that. Let's just say, and yeah. you know, it, 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 I just hope it doesn't turn into a thing where they played him three minutes too long. Right. And they, they, they just let that, that it went downhill for them in a way that uh, they couldn't recover. You know, these games can can change in a trifle. Now, it, it, yeah, I don't think it's going to ultimately matter against the, the Grizzlies. Um, you know, uh, there is there. I mean, there are some versions of the Matrix where the Grizzlies could maybe, you know, somehow upset them. Right. They have they still have Zebo, They still have Gasol. And they can go down low and get people in foul trouble and slow the game down and, you know, play their strengths. Um, you know, Conley could go off, right? I mean, that's an interesting thing because yeah. Patty Mills is a much better defender, but still, Conley could score on him too. So um, I don't know. Well, what, how many games do we think we're, where this is going to go?
0: I I'd say it's five. I think I think it's going to be a gentleman's sweep. I think the Grizzlies win win one at home.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, again, and, and this is all injury free stuff, which is what right. we have to assume it's going to be. But either way, and, and, and by the way, the, the Grizzlies are the ones who should be more worried about that anyway, the way this, their seasons have been going over the last several. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, for me, the Grizzlies have always, the key for them has always been Marcus all. It, it He doesn't just, he doesn't quite play like he's the number one option on their team. And I know he's a team player and he likes to pass, whatever, but there are times when he just doesn't put enough pressure on the defense. And if he does, and if he did, they would be much better overall as a team. But it would require him to be a lot more selfish.
0: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. I think he's got to look to score like he did for a few games this year when Connolly was out with the, the back injury. I think that's what they need to have any sort of success in the playoffs. I, I think that that would be the way for them to go.
1: Yeah, and invariably when he's not being aggressive, then ultimately he he gets the ball anyway with only like four seconds to go on the clock and he has to throw up some horrible shot. Uh, and that or that's where he gets in trouble. Or he's just, just there are moments where he just gets unaggressive and gets sort of not scared but like overwhelmed by the moment or it looks like and just, you know, ends up not being effective. And that's when you got to have guys and like Kawhi has learned that, right? He's learned how to manufacture his points. I mean, he hit he one drive the other day that was like a half euro hanging just about almost travel, but like hovered in the air with his claws, one hand off the glass. and It was just like that. You don't practice that shot. He just he just did it and it made it. And it wasn't, you know, he probably had never shot that one before. And that's, a, you know, that's the indication you're getting from from a guy like him.
0: Yeah. So, uh, should we Let's move to the probably the most compelling series of the first round in the West. It's uh Rockets Thunder.
1: Yes, the Brody versus the Beard.
0: That's right. We're we're battle of the MVP
1: candidates. Yeah, and by the way, do you get the MVP award during the first round? Please tell me you do. No, you know what?
0: They're doing that award show this year.
1: Oh, remind me when. I I think it's after the season, Uh, but the guys
0: are all going to be there,
1: and they're doing like
0: it is weird.
1: So they're not going to do it in the stadium where the hometown can 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 bow down.
0: Yeah, well, I, you know, TV money, man. TV money.
1: Oh, and so in the sense, like it's just another another reason to have a whole another show with sponsors and the whole thing. Uh, wow, that is terrible. I think it's terrible.
0: It, it's it's in June, yeah. So I think it might. It's uh, June twenty sixth. So that's
1: terrible. You know, because we they owe it to us to have one of them win it and have the other one have to stand there and watch him get it before the game starts in a playoff series. That's not right. Man, back in my day, those guys would have gotten into a fight over the
0: and the winner gets the MVP award.
1: Yeah. Well, or at the very least we would see the guy who lost it like just light the other team up or whatever that is. And so um yeah, yeah that's uh, that's too bad. Crazy. But but we do have the matchup at least. Yeah,
0: um look, I mean for for whatever it counts, they're not going to guard each other. Um so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how much of a head-to-head matchup it is. I mean, certainly their teams are head-to-head. I think the Rockets are a better team. And, uh, you know, I I don't expect them to have a whole lot of trouble with the the Thunder. Um, The Rockets won the season series three games to one. Um, But most of the games were actually really close. Um, There's a two-point game, a three-point game. And then the last two games have been decided by two points. So the games have been close, but they haven't necessarily felt close. It's more like a couple the Rockets have gotten a big lead and the Thunder come back, which has been the Thunder's MO this year. Their defense really locks in when they get behind by like 15 and then Russ just goes supernova and brings them back.
1: Yep. that's And that's a hard thing to, to obviously count on in the playoffs. It's just like a thing that, you know, if that's your what you're hanging your head on, you're, you're going to be in trouble without question. By the way, is it James Harden's fault that his team is better? No. Like the argument tends to be, well, he's got better teammates. This is why he's doing all that stuff. And it's like, well, okay. Well, what am I supposed to do with that information? Like I guess right. if we have to compare people, how, how much better are his teammates? And then how do you, know, how do you ever measure that?
0: Yeah, I, I actually um, – I, I, if we're going to talk about the MVP briefly, I mean I guess this is as good a time as any to do it. You know, I care about winning games. And, you know, I tend to lean toward best player on the team, you know, on like one of the best two teams in the league, right? I I actually think Steph Curry de- deserves a little bit of recognition toward the MVP. I, I, I mean, with what these guys are doing numerically, obviously it's, it's, it's difficult to say Steph is the MVP, but, you know, he's the best player on the best team. And they're, you know, they're way, they're head and shoulders above everyone else. So I just think we kind of, We tend to look too much at the statistics rather than, you know, what's actually happening on the floor.
1: Well, no. Well, you're also making an assumption of what the MVP award really is. Is it the best player in the best team? Is it the person who's the most valuable player on his team? Because then you start getting into, well, how well do they do when he's off? And again, that again isn't a, a fair assessment either, because, you know, now you're taking into consideration the bench, you know, and how that all plays out. And that's not necessarily, you know, his fault or his credit. It's 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 kind of uh, it, it, that's why it feels kind of arbitrary. and well, why least, can't, what? Why can't Anthony Davis be MVP? Right. You know, certainly the, the drop off. I have to look at it. I'd imagine the drop off is probably the steepest with him, or, or however, or whatever metric you want to come up with on on off on on off for that. So yeah, it's like what you know is, is that the criteria we're looking at because that seems to be what they, the the Westbrook fans would have you believe because they want to factor that in of how good the teammates are. Like oh, Russ would average even more assists because if his teammates were better. I mean, would he? He's, he, he's up to 10-something. That's a lot of assists. It's like, I, I don't know. Um, you know, if he played with maybe better teammates, he wouldn't have a high usage rate and or as, as high, and then he wouldn't get all the other opportunities. Right. So it, it just, that's why it just kind of feels arbitrary. It's like a big shrug emoji to me, or shrug.gif. That's my new thing, I guess. <laughs> um, you know, and it's like the extra couple of rebounds he's getting a, a game, a lot of that is is those missed rebounds that they're clearing out for him to get. Um, you know, and then we talked about that before, like, there's no fast break after a missed free throw, you're not like, you know, it's not a strategy that's like, for offense, this is just a strategy to get more rebounds.
0: Yeah, after a missed free throw, you're normally running into a set defense, so yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, alright, look, that's enough about the MVP. Is. Uh, th- this series, um, again, it's the most compelling because it has Harden versus Westbrook, and um, I think that I expect to see both of these guys. This could be an epic series. I, I wouldn't guess that it goes more than six. I think the Rockets win, but this is probably the, the best real upset chance that we have in the playoffs. Just because if the Rockets are cold and Russ goes off, you never know what's going to happen. You know, it's too the Russ factor is unpredictable. You know, he could, he could do what he did the other night in Denver. And go for a fifty-point triple double with a game winner, or he could, you know, lay up a stinker and not be able to hit a single shot. I mean, not a stinker as in like no points, but maybe like twenty on like forty shots.
1: Right. No, that or or and by the way, we he, maybe he's erased this from his from his game, but up until the last like half of the season. You get Russ into a pressure situation at the end of the game and more often than not, he will do something bad that will cost them the game. A mistake, a turnover, a bad shot, whatever. Now... That said, recently he's changed that, turned that around. And I'll give him all the credit in the world. I mean, granted, like the three he hit the other night, you know, I don't know how lucky it was, but he hit it and he made it, he made the play, right. he made it work. Whereas in the past, there have been times when he hasn't. Um, and there was no other decision that he did for that. He had to shoot it, he made it. Whereas other times he's come down and, you know, shot a deep three way too early or something like that or turned it over when, you know, that stuff. So. Um, so that's what you have to really watch for is is Russell Westbrook now the kind of guy who who can down the stretch consistently in a playoff series, make the correct decisions and not torpedo the team um, because he could have a 40 point on a highly efficient game with all these assists and then blow it at the end.
0: Yeah, well, so for me, it's more the defensive end that I worry about Russ on the offensive end in crunch time. The, the last few months, I mean, he has just been incredible, like otherworldly sort of performance he's been efficient he, he's been scoring at a high volume he's you know like I don't know how many game winners he's hit in the last two months I mean he he's had a crazy stretch so um on the offensive end I think he's got it figured out but now we need to see it on the defensive end can can he not break down you know like not give up scoring opportunities to to the guy he's guarding you know Make the correct correct switch at the right time, rotate when he's supposed to, and things like that. Because I haven't seen that yet. Right. Uh, so you know he's got a lot of good defensive players there that that are that can cover for him. I think it's no surprise that they that they've been better since Taj Gibson's gotten there. I think he's a great guy for that team. And again, of any series that that we could see a a, a real legit upset, not a four five, but a but the six three. I think that this is the one. Um, so I think it's gonna be interesting to watch. My opinion is still that the Rockets win it in six, but I think it's close six.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say six max, five, six. I mean, the, the biggest problem yeah, the Rockets have is a defensive end as well. They're very average there. Um, they haven't been able to, sh- to display, like, sustained effort enough to get, like, multiple stops in a row. Uh, you know, ultimately, they'll get a couple, they'll hit a couple threes, and that kind of gets the game a little bit w- wider open for them. But uh, that's that's the, ultimately what's going to doom the Rockets, is that they simply can't seem to put together a five it's stout enough on defense to, to, to compete at the upper, upper levels. But, um, you know, that that's not as big of a worry, I'd imagine, against the, the Thunder, who are very... Uh, Uh, unimaginative I suppose in their attack
0: yeah I I agree Um, I think when you know what's coming it's a little bit easier to defend and you know they've, they've played each other four times this year there shouldn't be any surprises right so yeah
1: but it it will definitely be poetic to see both those guys go at each other, and also just to you know, just to imagine they all were on the same team. They had a team that had yep. KD, Russ, Ibaka, Harden, Reggie Jackson. Uh, I'm forgetting somebody else. Um, you know, somebody else on that
0: team. Yeah, they had a lot of people on those team. Nick Collison, you know, legend. Oh,
1: hey, yeah, right. I mean, Kendrick Perkins, but still, I, I uh, think that this this
0: series actually could give us like some iconic moments because I think that they're going to have a, at least two games where they're going back and forth, uh, Russ and Harden, and I think you know this could be the the Dominique MJ back and forth game. Like, I mean, it really could be that extreme. It wouldn't shock me if they both scored 50 points in a game you know, against each other in yeah. this series.
1: No, and we all win, <laughs> that, without question. Yeah, right.
0: It, this is going to be probably the most fun first-round series for everyone.
1: Right. I, I cannot wait. And by the way, we're going to be all over all these series – and we're going to be covering it as much as possible. I'm still kind of wrapping my head around how we're going to get our heads into all these different games and also live. Um, but we're going to we'll be coming at you in waves, so it's really important that you guys, uh, you know, if you're not following me or Dave on Twitter, because that's going to be the best way to like, you know, there might be stuff that happens last second that we're going to jump on and do. Then uh, you got to get on Twitter uh, and and just be on uh, aware. I mean, otherwise we'll have to come up with another platform if people can be aware of the stuff. We'll probably have it on our website too. So. Um, you know, and don't don't forget on our website we're going to have daily analysis of all that stuff, which is going to be really the best stuff you're going to read uh, anywhere in the NBA.
0: Yep. So not only are we going to be doing that, but we're also going to be bringing in other people to help us analyze this stuff because it. I mean, you know, there will be times where you and I, you and I, have the same opinion, and sometimes I want to get a third party in to just disagree with us.
1: Right. And, and, we'll, and we'll figure that out too. Because we did a three man the other day or like last few weeks ago and it was, worked really well. So we'll continue to bring in other people too. Because, yeah, I don't want to agree with you all the time.
0: Yeah, I know. That's too boring. I might have to just be a little bit more combative just to make it interesting.
1: Right. Yeah. Like storm off the set and, uh, you know, that's okay. Like, right. I'll block you on Twitter next time. Like, come at me. <laughs> so, you know, well, listen, um, what else we have to talk about? Anything? so well uh eastern
0: we'll do the eastern conference preview once that's set so we'll probably record that wednesday night after the the final games um of the regular season and that should be ready for thursday morning and uh and then the playoffs start saturday so um you know it's it's crazy that the season is just about done
1: it is this. This is a very weird season, and it was kind of taxing, and also but also went by very quickly. Um, it's hard to kind of understand what uh, what happened and, and, and all the different storylines, especially because and then going back to the MVP vote, which you didn't get to drop your bomb, which you think that it's uh, Kawhi. I'm gonna speak yeah. to you. Um, I think it's cool. We, I, we've you know we've never had four legit and maybe even like five legit guys who should get first place votes, uh, and that that just that's just it Makes everything so interesting and weird uh, because it's so rare that that happens.
0: Yeah, the reality is that The way we all should look at this is that if Russ wins It's it's great, right? And if and if James Harden wins, that's great. And if Kawhi wins, that's great It's it's so close that it's not worth arguing about. You know what I mean? Like it's fun to argue about it But it's not worth arguing about it's it's a bit arbitrary and it's going to be in the, you know, the hands of the voters. And if I was guessing, if I was putting money on who wins, I would say James Harden. But the tide seems to have started shifting toward Russell Westbrook.
1: Yeah. Oh, I I, 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 I think it's shifted. I think that Harden hurt his wrist, whatever. His shooting went down a little bit. Uh, they, they Their season, you know, they've kind of leveled off a little bit as well. And so I feel like. You know, their records, someone just sent me over their records over the last, like, 30-some games. are almost the same, the Rockets and the Thunder. And so I think those things might tug a little bit. I think Harden was a lock about two or three weeks ago. He's a lock to win the MVP as the voters. Again, it's not who I think should win. It's who was going to win. And right. uh, I don't know. This, for some reason, the way that Russ has kind of done this, he's exploded. He's hit some serious game winners. Those are the things. Those highlights are going to stick in their minds. And I am I, I'm like, I'm convinced it's going to be Russ. And again. It doesn't really matter what I think. <laughs> it's like, who's right. going to win it? It also has to figure out, like, what does it mean? Because I don't think I even express my opinion, like, what the MVP is. In reality, it's like, it probably should be who had the best year, shouldn't it? I,
0: I guess. I don't know. I, I tend to lean toward best player on the best team, which is why I come up with Kawhi. Also, Kawhi is, you know, what he's doing on the defensive end, none of those other guys are doing. I just think that he affects the game in so many ways. That are hard to quantify but you know you know it when you see it
1: yeah i'm gonna try and do a series of uh four of these videos over the next few days on the mvp if i can get to it before the playoffs start uh you know one each and so you know the the question now is do i bring up like you know that reddit thing where russ doesn't contest any threes he literally hangs around the basket looking for rebounds which i don't know if i've even really seen with my eyeballs definitive uh proof of that have you
0: no i mean i've seen it a little bit but it's more when he's late on a rotation. It, it's not – I don't think he's like – I don't think he's planning it ahead of time. I just think he's late on a rotation, so he's getting in position to rebound. You know, I, I don't mind that he rebounds. Um, I don't mind that he grabs rebounds on free throws. I, I don't – that stuff doesn't bother me. But um, I'm not actually bothered at all by Russell Westbrook. I just think that the wins have to matter at some point. You know, the whole point of – you know, the whole reason you play the game is to win. Right. So, um, well, I just, although it, I do feel it, like
1: the, the, you know, if you want to consider these, uh, the rebounding uh, rate uh, a little bit inflated, you know, that's sort of the, the, the crux of their argument is, are the triple doubles. And the only thing that's different about him th- th- this year that you would have thought would have been different is the rebounds because, you know, certainly getting his 28, 29, 30 points a game was a no brainer before the season started. And, you know, the way he dominates the ball, 10 assists is like, you know, is about where he should be anyway. It was the rebounds that somehow catapulted him above Harden in this in this conversation, and that's sort of what's troubling, is because those are those are inflated. Like you know, there's no question I've seen um, I've seen you know him disconnect from the defense to be near the basket for rebounds.
0: Well, but this you know you're making the argument about about uh, free throws or rebounds on free throws, but people are going to say, well, Harden's assists are inflated because of Mike D'Antoni's system. Right, okay. Because he has the ball in his hands a lot, but you know, Harden is a fantastic passer. I, I just look I, again. The, arguing the numbers is just not going to work for me because I, I can, you know, I can blow those numbers up with whatever I want to come up with. Um, What's this
1: 25-25 thing that Harden has?
0: Twenty-five twenty-five. Someone's
1: like touting, you know, and I don't know what it means. I think it means maybe like twenty-five points, and then and then somehow when you add up the assists that go to for threes. Do you know what that is? Something hey, like that, and, and I don't know what it meant. but I got to let
0: someone tell me on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, I don't know. People are just making up stats now. don't yeah, uh, right. know.
1: And by the way, and that, you know, in other in other years, it might be a, a stats might be not be the uh, or might be a useful way to look at it. But when you're talking about Russ and Harden, they're both they're they're so gaudy with their stats. It's such a right. st- stuffed you know filled of stocking of uh, potpourri of numbers that it's like there there really isn't any uh, argument you're going to win there.
0: When, when was the last time that the MVP was won by someone on a team that didn't win 50 games?
1: I don't know. That's,
0: that, that's where I stand. So, yeah. anyway, that, that's enough about the MVP. I, I, I really like, honestly, I'm like burnt out from it. And, you know, I had people telling me that after Russ hits a game winner with a 50 point triple double, which is fantastic, that they changed their mind about who the MVP is. And I just think it's about the, the entire body of work, not just one game or a right. few hot weeks, which is why I don't think Curry should be the MVP just because he's gotten hot the last couple months. I, I think Curry's had a really good year. He's been the best player for the Warriors and they're the best team. So I think that's why he should be like fit.
1: Right. And that, yeah. people argue that, too. You know, but uh, yeah, I, I, it's it's a uh, it's it's an interesting discussion. and I'm glad that we, we can have it. It certainly gives us a good form to you know. I, I like this conversation better than anything else. And I know you want to get rid of it. And I'm like, let's keep talking about it. But either way, I think we've come to the end. We we, we had a, a, well, a energetic what? one tonight. Yeah.
0: Well, before we wrap up, you know, I've been at I, I've been in Portland at oh, the yes. night summit all week, and and so if I could just for a second just tell you, um, Michael Porter Jr is one of the most impressive young basketball players that I've seen in person ever. This wow. guy is, yeah, he's the number one pick hands down next year. Next is he year.
1: from here? Where is so
0: he? he's from, no, he's, uh his he's from Missouri and oh. then he was playing in, in high school ball for Brandon Roy at Nathan Hale in Seattle.
1: Ah, okay. And so you watched him in the Nike. So he's going to be a, a freshman in college next year.
0: Yes. At Missouri.
1: At Missouri. Wow.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he decommitted from from Washington um, when they fired uh, Romar.
1: Ah, that's a blow uh, for yeah. Washington fans. So, yeah, so he's going to go to Missouri. And uh, okay, that's very fascinating. Now, uh, I mean, so obviously, one and done.
0: I would assume so. I think the guy's ready to play
1: now. What, what position does he play? So he's going to be a
0: four. Oh. He's, a, he's a stretch four, and he he's a legit lights-out shooter. 47% from three, 86% from the line. He's got a beautiful jump shot. I mean, it is it is just a joy to watch. I mean, it is beautiful. Very smooth game, super athlete. Um, needs to work on his handle a little bit, but most of those guys do. How tall is
1: he? I think he's 6'10". Wow. Okay. In I shoots. Had, I was pushing the guard. Okay, for some reason.
0: Yeah, no. Huh. Yeah, so he's 6'10 in shoes. Um, yeah, he's going to be great. So, Who's yeah, going to be better,
1: Zion Williamson or him?
0: I don't know, because I've only seen Zion Williamson dunk. <laughs>
1: They're
0: right. really impressive
1: dunks, but that's all I've seen. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, well, we'll have to keep our eye on that. Uh, any any other thing that came out of that that you uh, connected with? Um, there's, a, there's another younger guy,
0: R.J. Barrett. He's Canadian. Um, he's uh, Rowan Barrett's son. He's going to be really good. Uh, but he's only sixteen, so he's a few years away.
1: okay, good. Well, glad that you had a good trip there and now that you're unfortunately, you're stranded getting uh, your 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 van detailed uh, in Seattle. <laughs> but uh, is there any hope that the weather's gonna get better?
0: No, this week is supposed to be chilly and wet here in here in the Pacific Northwest. yeah, it's brutal
1: all right it's well. Fr- Stay in your hotel room then I guess And we'll keep talking And we'll, we'll hook up again um, Man your arms are hairy My goodness I did not realize that Like upper arm <laughs> So anyhow um, Alright well we'll get back to you For the Eastern Conference Once I gets solidified And then don't forget We're going to be doing podcasts Three times a week So I think Dave and I We're going to be hooking up twice a week And then I'll have my other one With uh, somebody else uh, I get to cheat on Dave once a week It's a really great uh, setup we have Right that's right that's right
0: it works well for me too
1: we keep it fresh that's right the mystery is still there so anyway thanks for coming on the show dave thanks for joining us awesome stuff we'll stay tuned really quickly uh we'll have the other stuff up soon and uh don't forget sports fans the b-ball breakdown we're not a channel we're a conversation you in are you in dave yes i am